Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. City Church, what's happening? So good to be here. So good to be with you guys. I know Pastor Drake and Danielle are out of town today, and uh, he took the risk. of He leaves town, and he gave me an open mic, so I get to say whatever I want. So Drake, if you're watching online, man, you better buckle your seatbelt. Um, it's going to be good. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm honored uh, to be with you uh, guys here today. Uh, if, if you don't know, if we haven't met yet, um, uh, I am Lou Cumbrecht. I'm the pastor over at Vine Life Church, which is over in the Gunbell area between Boulder and Longmont. We're the building that kind of sits right on top of the hill by itself. And I'm here with my wife, uh, Megan, here today. You guys, uh, let's honor my wife together. And... Uh, and our, our whole church, on behalf of Vine Life Church, we just want to send our blessings and greetings to you guys. I said this last time I was here for a prayer night uh, this last year. I'll say it again. Um, we, we see uh, ourselves on the same team. Um, we are on the same team. We are part of the same church. There's only one leader of the church. His name is Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so there's a lot of fellowships, a lot of churches in the city, but Jesus is Lord. Amen. And so today, we're going to open up the Word, and, uh, and, and we're going to jump back into this series uh, together, uh, the series called The Sauce, which I love the name, uh, The Sauce, and it's fantastic as we're talking about fasting today. And so somehow, uh, somehow uh, I end up talking about fasting in a series called The Sauce, which I'm not entirely sure how that works, but hey, we're going to go for it. So the entire time I'm talking about fasting today... You're going to be thinking of every food item that you love to have sauce on. And, uh, and so I don't know how that's going to work for you, but we're going to, we're going to give it a shot. Sound good? Yeah. So, um, so like Drake, uh, he launched this series this last week, uh, Pastor Drake. The idea of the sauce is a, a series on cultivating spiritual disciplines in our lives. Uh, it's such an important uh, talk. It's such an important series, and I, and I hope that you really do take notes. I hope you put this stuff into practice. This is massive for the time that we live in, this idea of spiritual disciplines. Last week, uh, Drake talked about the idea of the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath, a day set aside to the Lord once every seven days, because it's something in, in, in a culture that where we are driven and overworked, a culture addicted to activity, to be able to take a day a week. This is how God designed it, to live unto the Lord. The Sabbath is critical for us. If you didn't listen to the first message last week, go back and listen to that. Um, but this idea of spiritual disciplines, uh, it's a really interesting word if that's a new concept for you. Um, there, there's different ways of talking about that. Essentially, we're talking about intentional ways of and practices that orient our hearts and our lives and our souls to the love of Jesus. And, uh, and there's ways that we have to intentionally participate in. I don't particularly like the phrase spiritual disciplines because it kind of feels not fun, right? Like you have to grit your teeth and like clench your fists in order to do it. Basically, it seems, I don't really want to do this, but I know I should, so I guess we will, right? 
I like spiritual delights. Um, I delight in the Sabbath. I delight in prayer and solitude and fasting. Another phrase I love when referring to disciplines is this idea of formational practices. And the idea of this is we're all being formed by something. You've been formed. You've, you've grown up. You grew up in a part of the country. Maybe you grew up here, but your family of origin, the places where you grew up, you were actually formed into the kind of person that you are today. And as we come into the new family of Jesus, Jesus reforms us into what's normal in the new family of Jesus and what, what should be normal for the Father, living in communion with the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And so I love this idea that we're formed because here's, here's, here's the principle why we need spiritual discipline, spiritual delights, formational practices. Because if we are not intentionally discipled by Jesus, we will be unintentionally discipled by the world. I'll say that again. If you're not intentionally discipled by Jesus, you will be unintentionally discipled by the world. You need to know the world has an agenda for your life too. Marketers have an agenda for your life. Organizations have an agenda for your life. There's, there's, there's things that are happening that press us and shape us. But much like this image of the potter and the clay, God wants to shape us into his image and his likeness. He also has an agenda for his life for our lives, but his agenda is truth and freedom and peace and well-being. Amen? Amen. So, so, so I like to refer to spiritual disciplines as almost like a trellis. Some of you are getting your garden on these days. You're just you're, you're shredding it in your backyard and uh, planting all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and I love the idea of a trellis for a working metaphor for spiritual disciplines. A trellis, all it is, is just enough structure for the life to move in and out for plants and, and flowers to move in and out. This picture here, it's not about the trellis. It's, not, it's about the life that's growing in. But a trellis in our lives, spiritual discipline, is like you know, ke- keeping the Sabbath or, or, or giving ourselves to spiritual disciplines is like ordering our lives in such a way that it allows the life to move in and out, just enough structure for life to flourish. Thank you for that come on. I love that, man. You better shout me down. Hey, I didn't come here this morning to talk to a, a, a crowd, man. We're together. We're the church, amen? So, so I, I, love, I love being here. So today we're going to jump into this idea of fasting and prayer. If you have your Bible, you can open up to Luke chapter 4, and we're going to read this together. And, and I know as a church, uh, Pastor Drake has, has mentioned that you guys have given yourselves to corporate fasting before and, and larger initiatives to stay on mission in the city. And I love that. I just want to encourage you guys, keep going. I, I want to bless that. We're, today, we're going to talk not as much about corporate fasting and prayer, but individual personal fasting and prayer as a practice, a discipline uh, that you are invited into. And we're going to look at this in the life of Jesus today. You guys ready to go? All right, Luke chapter 4. Verse 1, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were, they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. 
And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in the synagogues being glorified by all. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. And I pray for City Church, I pray for this time together, that we would be those whose hearts are open to the seeds of your voice, the seeds of your word, that they wouldn't fall on hard ground, but we thank you, God, for your word to bear fruit in our lives. I bless my friends, I bless my family here, and the purposes that you've set aside for this church in this season. I thank you for Pastor Drake and Danielle. We pray for outrageous blessing on them and their family, wherever they are right now. And today, God, we thank you for your presence with us, the sound of your voice in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, so this is a, an amazing passage of Jesus being led into the desert. Just for a little context in this passage, if you were to read just before this, it was this epic moment where where Jesus, after 30 years, it was finally time for him to, to, to step into the fullness of what he had come for. And so he goes out to the Jordan to be baptized. And it says that John the Baptist receives him in and, and actually baptizes him. And as he is baptized in the Jordan, the audible voice of the Father is heard. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And equally, another wild thing, the Holy Spirit actually descends in visible form as a dove upon Jesus. It's like the heavens opened up. It's that kind of moment, right? Angels singing. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is wild. And then the very next passage, the scripture tells us, and then the Spirit drove him out to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I just want you to think about this. The Son of God is baptized. This epic moment of confirmation, affirmation, ministry is about to pop. Things are just heating up. And the very next scene is his reward for his baptism is that the Holy Spirit, it wasn't just the devil that drove him out. The Holy Spirit drove him out to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I think that's just a wild passage. I want Just imagine what that would be like here at City Church next time you guys do baptisms. And uh, you baptize somebody, hey, welcome into the family, this is so great, so glad you're here. And by the way, we're going we're gonna to lead you out to, be, to Satan for the next 40 days, all right? And, uh, uh, you know, but, but welcome, you know, if you have any questions, let us know. But, you know, now that you're in the family, like, that's what we're going to do, 40 days with the devil, right? What an introduction into life in the spirit, life in the kingdom. And yet, this is what we see happening. The Holy Spirit drives him into the desert. So there's a few things happening here. Why would Jesus need to be driven to the desert? Why would he need to go for 40 days to be alone, to fast, and to pray? We're going to talk about that in three specific ways in just a moment. 
Some of you guys know that Jesus' time in the desert, his 40 days, was mirroring uh, the time, the 40 years that the Israelites, were, they left Egypt and were in the desert. There was a time of testing, and they were not found faithful. And so Jesus going into the desert for 40 days, this was a sign that he was able to do for Israel what Israel was not able to do for themselves. And it would be a time of completion, right? So there's some Old Testament, New Testament things happening here. But then also, this is, this is part of a testing the quality of what had already been established in the life of Jesus. And it wasn't a testing him to break him. It was a testing, testing Jesus to prove what had already been established. It's much like if you've ever patched a bike tire. What you do is you take an inner tube. And first of all, you have to put it underwater, right, and fill it up and find out where the bubbles are coming out in the water. And then you, that's where the patch is. But then you patch it. But then you test it a second time. And the, the second time you test the inner tube, it's not to expose the weakness. It's to test the quality of the work. And this is what is going on with Jesus. The Father had affirmed him, and then he sends him out into the desert to say, I want to show you how secure, how significant, how established you are in me and in my love. But then the the third thing is Jesus, what's happening here is Jesus chose to live with the limitations of man. It says that in Philippians chapter 2, that he did, not li- he did not live with the privileges of being God while he was on earth. While he was totally divine, he was God. He did not live with the rights of God. He, he lived as a man, right? And so he, could do that. he did that so he could grow in dependency on the voice of the Father and the Holy Spirit himself. And so, so Jesus goes out into the desert and he fasts for 40 days. And there's different things going on. How, how many of you have ever been to a grocery store? Uh, how, how many of you have been shopping while you were hungry. Have you ever done that before? My wife always makes fun of me because we go to, she says, every time we go to Costco, she says, we spend double the amount as if she had got on her own. Why? Because I'm always hungry. And when we go to the store hungry, we're going to run up that bill because there's more of an appetite. There's more going on. We're going to consume more in there. And, uh, and what, what's happening is In this picture, we see this picture of Jesus learning to grow in dependence on the Father. He's emptying himself of earthly things so that he can feast on the voice of the Father. Even the Son of Man, the Son of God, chose to do this. Even though he was perfect, he was sinless, he still gave himself to this process of growing in dependence on the voice of the Father. And what's interesting is there are many Christians... There are many Christians who are living today who are lacking in passion and zeal for Jesus, not because they don't believe in Jesus, but because they are full and satisfied with the things of this world. We are so full of the world that oftentimes we lack in hunger for God. The world wants to meet the core desires of our hearts. The world wants to meet these things, but there's a certain sense that only God can satisfy these things. There's an author, Annie Dillard, and she wrote about this story in the 1800s. Let me pull this up. Uh, Some British explorers were on a ship in the 1800s, and they were packing for this trip. Sorry, I got to pull this up real quick so I don't don't butcher this because that's probably going to happen. And they were sailing across the ocean, and here's what she says. The explorers, the British explorers in their search for the North Pole in the 1800s, they, they set for sail. They knew it would be, 
a two to three year journey, yet each sailing vessel only carried a 12 day supply of coal. Instead of bringing more coal, each ship made room for a 1,200 foot library, a hand organ playing 50 tunes, china place settings for officers and men, cut glass, wine goblets, and sterling silver flatware. They carried no special clothing for the Arctic except the uniforms of the Queen's Navy. And the Eskimos came across their frozen remains. The men were all dressed up, pulling a lifeboat full of sterling silver and chocolate. So these men had a three-year journey ahead of them, but their ship was full of the wrong things. I just want to imagine trying to go to the North Pole with sterling silver and chocolate and forsaking the things that we really need. Listen, guys, if we're going to live on a mission with Jesus, we have to make sure our lives and our boats are full of the right things and not the things that are just going to clutter it up and, be, and make us full. We can be full, but we can be full of the wrong things. Part of giving ourselves to fasting and prayer is to orient our lives saying that there's things that the world is promising me, but I'm saying there's things that I need from God even more if I'm going to stay on mission in his love to reach this city. Amen? And so, so fasting, fasting is how we ignite hunger for God when we are full of the world. Fasting is what we can do to ignite hunger for God when we are full of the world. See, oftentimes we're so full of social media that we've forgotten what it means to be liked and loved by Jesus. We're so full of daily news that we've lost touch with the good news, which has been accomplished in Christ. We're caught up, on, we're all caught up on Netflix. You finished Netflix. I love that. Finished Netflix last week. But you might be caught up with the entertainment of Netflix, but have you lost the wonder of gazing at Jesus? We can be so full of comforts and conveniences that we don't know how to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. Our calendars can be so overscheduled with activity that we no longer know how to sit quietly before the Lord. Now, I'm not sharing these examples to heap burden and shame or make anybody feel bad, but if you can just be with me in this moment, I think everybody can acknowledge the fact that our lives can be full of so many things. And yet, what brings us life is the voice of God. So the wilderness is the place where Satan tries to offer Jesus shortcuts to get what his heart wants and his heart needs, to take matters into his own hands rather than growing in dependence on the Lord. And what fasting is, fasting is this countercultural resistance to the message of the world that says, you don't need God, you have everything you need right here. Fasting is this act of us being declared to the world that, no, with whatever the world promises me, what my heart, what my life actually needs is only what Jesus can offer. So fasting, what it is, it's a discipline of setting aside time to remove dependencies from our life in order to grow in hunger and dependence on God. Now, there's three specific things I want to talk about here, three things that Jesus overcame in the desert. I would say these are three things that you and I also are uh, invited to overcome, not necessarily to overcome our need for them, but to be satisfied in the Father. So there's three things that I just want to highlight here, and these correspond with the three temptations that we just read about in the desert. The first thing is this. Satan says, hey, if you are the Son of God, I want you to turn these stones into bread. And what it is is this play on this deep desire that we, need, we have for security. You were wired, you were designed by God to feel secure. 
And yet, what the enemy would want to do is to get us to, to find our security into the things of this world, to find our security in our careers, to find our security in what we accumulate, to find our security in everything else. And so we give ourselves to money, to food, to retirement, to housing, to overworking, to hoarding. And the, 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 what, what's underneath that is the thought, if I don't take matters into my own hands, my life will fall apart. There's nothing wrong with hard work. But at the core level, the Father wants us to know how secure we are in Him. And in other places in the Gospels, it talks about how He is so committed to your well-being. He said, he said, it's, it's, he said look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. If I care for them, if I dress them, if I give them food, how much more do I care for you? And so Jesus responds, listen, I could turn the stones into bread. I'm hungry, but what I need more than bread right now is I need the voice of my Father. So he says, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So fasting, actually fasting food is a way of reminding ourselves more than I need bread right now, I need the voice of Jesus, right? So security is what fasting gets at. But there's another thing that fasting gets at, this idea of significance. And this next, this next uh, um, uh, temptation in the desert where, where Satan tempts Jesus and says, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, listen, I will give you all the glory of the nations if you do one thing, if you bow down and worship me. And so Jesus, was he, would Jesus ultimately get the glory of the nations? Yes, but what Satan's offering is a, is a shortcut into significance, a shortcut into having the nations of the world bow down to him. And, and what this really gets at is all of us have a desire for significance. In the same way as security, you are actually wired by God to feel and to be significant, but your significance was always meant to come from him and not from the things of this world. And so Satan knew that Jesus was destined for greatness, but tried to offer him a shortcut. We're also tempted to make shortcuts, to take matters into our own hands, to design the life that we think that we need. And, and we feel this eat at us sometimes. If you've ever used this phrase, maybe you've heard this voice inside of your head before, um, that, this voice of shame that says, by the time you were this age, you should have already dot, dot, dot. By the time you were 20, you're 20, you should have already figured out dot, dot, dot. By the, de- definitely by the time you're 30, definitely by 30, this, th- these things should have happened by now, right? I should have been married. I should have had kids. I should have, been, should have you know, been, been this far in my career. I mean, definitely. But if I, had, if I don't hit this by 40, it's over, right? And we have these things, these should-haves, these things, these mile markers of what a life of meaning is supposed to look like and what these things do. They drive us and they offer us a definition of this is what significance and meaning looks like. And not that having goals is wrong, but same thing. We are designed and wired by God to receive our meaning and our purpose and our life from his identity for us to be significant in the Father. And so I find this all the time, feeling anxious about what I should have accomplished by now. And the Father says, I want you to sit still. So for me, one of the things I have to fast when I feel this, this I feel like, oh, I feel insignificant. I don't feel like my life is great enough by now. 
I haven't accomplished enough by now. The father says, listen, I want you to fast, not just food. I want you to fast activity. I want you to be still before me and learn to receive my love without having to do anything to deserve it. Come on, that was worth the price of the mission right there. Come on. So we fast activity with the practice of stillness. We fast food with the practice of, uh, of, of, of learning to find our security in the Father. The third thing is this, and I'm, I'm going to wrap up here in a second. The third thing that, that Jesus confronts in the desert is this desire for belonging. And Satan, Satan sets up this beautiful option for Jesus. He says, hey, listen, if you really want to get things rolling with your ministry, go." he leads him to the, the, the temple mount, the pinnacle of the temple, and he says, here's what you should do. Throw yourself off the top. And have the angels catch you because there's an awesome scripture about this. And he says, if you do that, like, you know, like, you have command of all the angels. And not only that, this is going to do it. This, what a great start to a ministry. Like, if he threw himself off the temple. And the temple is this crowded city square and everybody would see it, you know. And so if you think about it, like, if Jesus came to convince people he was the son of God and invite them into a life in the kingdom, this would be a great move, Right? Like, what a great way to start. He throws himself off. Everybody sees angels catching him. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this guy's legit. We're definitely following him. Like, no, no doubt about it. This, if this guy's got angels catching him, I'm giving my life to this, right? This would have been a great option for Jesus if his heart was wired to search for belonging for, for followers and crowds and likes, but that's not what he was oriented towards. He wasn't about to forsake his mission just for a few more likes. What he was doing is he was faithful to the voice of his father, even if at times it meant the crowds actually walked away from him. So his belonging wasn't into the things of this world and drawing crowds. His belonging was secure in the father. And he says, you, will, you shall not put the Lord your God to your test. And so what happens is, this, this happens especially in a social media culture. In a social media culture, we have been so accustomed to drawing our sense of belonging from likes and follows and loves and comments and all that kind of stuff that we've forgotten what it's like to be alone receiving the affection from the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And God's saying, listen, there's times I want you to actually fast people. I want you to fast other voices in your life. Even if you're spending all day alone, you're still just immersed in digital media. The Father might be saying to you, listen, I want you to rediscover what it's like to feel belonging in me through solitude. And to be alone. Are you able to be alone with Jesus and still feel his love? So City Church, I mean, I, I believe, you know, in this talk, as we talk about Jesus in the desert, as we talk about even Jesus fasting these things and, 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 and withdrawing to be, to grow in dependency of the Father, I believe this invitation is here for you today. And I think it might hit all of us in different ways. Some of you, like I'm saying, maybe you feel this deep desire for security in your life and, and you're driven by these anxious thoughts of what if it all disappears? What if I don't have enough for tomorrow? I'm telling you, the Lord wants to draw you into trust and dependence in him in a whole new way. Some of you, as I talk about significance, you have been plagued by these thoughts of what if my life doesn't mean anything? What if... 
What if I'm not doing enough? What if I'm not special enough? What if I'm not unique enough? What if I'm not standing out? I'm just telling you, that is the voice of not of your father. That's the voice of the evil one trying to get you to take shortcuts into significance. I'm telling you, he wants to draw you into the desert in order to show you how significant you truly are in him. And for, for some of you, it's this core idea of belonging. You want to know, especially after a year of isolation, you want to know who you've been given to. You want people in your life that have affection. You want people to, to bring community in your life. You want a significant other to share your life with. And these are all very good things. These are great things. We're wired for belonging. But our deepest belonging, our deepest belonging is not to be acknowledged in on Facebook and Instagram. It's not to just be seen and known in public places. Our deepest need for belonging is for the Father to know us in an intimate way. So I want to ask you this week as, as we talk about ways to give ourselves to, to Sabbath and ways to give ourselves to fasting, there may be things God is asking you to fast this week so that you can hear his voice again, so that you can be secure in him. It says that Jesus left the wilderness in the power of the Spirit to go do ministry. Listen, City Church, one of your strengths, one of the grace of God on the City Church in Boulder is your, um, uh, your commitment to be on mission with God in this city. And I bless you in that. I bless Pastor Drake and Danielle as they lead City Church to be a blessing in the city. But listen, you cannot be a blessing in the city unless you are walking in the power of the Spirit. And the power of the Spirit comes from submitting yourself in desert times and in wilderness seasons by not rejecting it, by not thinking that God is mad at you if you feel like you're in a desert and things are being stripped out of your life, but receiving it as a gift so you can grow in dependence, so you can walk in the power of the Spirit, that our whole city would know the salvation of our God and the blessing of our God. So I just want to ask you again today, just across the room, just close your eyes with me and we'll just soften our hearts to what the Lord might be wanting to say and maybe this whole thing is brand new to you and that's totally okay but I just want you to ask the Lord is there anything that you want me to fast this week is there anything Father that you're wanting me to withdraw from in order to know you more. For some of you that may be withdrawing from unhealthy dependence on social media, some of you that might be withdrawing from Netflix so you can go spend time in worship, for some of you that might be actually fasting from food so that you can feel it in your body that your soul longs for God, for your maker. And as the Lord speaks to you today, I just want to ask you to make an intentional commitment. Choose one thing this week, if it's for a day or if it's for the entire week, that you are going to withdraw from something so that you can become close to Jesus this week. Listen, fasting is not, the point isn't, to be, to be spiritual. <laughs> the point isn't to, to lose weight. <laughs> the point isn't 
just to become more disciplined. That's none of those things are the point. The point isn't even to become more powerful in prayer. The point is more of Jesus. The point of spiritual discipline is receiving more of Jesus. Jesus is the point. Jesus is the vision. So Father, I thank you today with this word. I just pray that your word would actually work on us this week, that we wouldn't lose it as soon as we walk out the door, but your word would work on us this week. And I pray for my friends at City Church Boulder, Lord God, that we would be a people not opposed to when you draw us into the wilderness to speak to us and draw us into times of fasting. I just pray that this week, that as we fast and we come closer to you, that I pray for new encounters with the Spirit of God that leads us to our neighbors, that leads us to our coworkers, that leads us into new conversations, Lord God, that we wouldn't have had or we wouldn't have seen or perceived on our own. And I thank you, Lord God, for the days ahead as we orient our lives towards you, Jesus.